One of the biggest hoaxes ever was revealed in 1994, and it was pulled off for 60 years. In 1934, a photo came out. It was a picture taken in Scotland. In Scotland, there is a, a, a large body of water called Loch Ness. And this man, his name is Christian Sperling. He displayed uh, this picture, and the name of the picture had a name. It was called the Surgeon's Photo. And it was supposedly of a monster, the Loch Ness Monster, named Nessie in the Loch Ness in Scotland. And for 60 years... Folks believed this doctor, this surgeon, had taken this picture. And the surgeon, his name was Robert Wilson. He was attached with the photo. But what happened in 1994, the Tower of Cards all fell. Because Christian Sperling made a deathbed confession. After 60 years of leading the world to believe that Nessie lived and the Loch Ness in Scotland, he confessed that it was fake. What he did is he doctored the photo, he created this image, he built this monster-looking thing and took a black-and-white photo and then attached it to this doctor. And the reason why the doctor was attached to it, a surgeon, is because he knew a surgeon would be believable. People would believe if Dr. Robert Wilson took the photo, a wealthy man, renowned, why would he want to go around lying about a mythical a sea monster in Loch Ness? Well, Dr. Wilson had passed away. Now Christian Sperling, who really came up with the entire plan, he's about to pass away. He admitted that there's not a Nessie. It was fake. Many of you might remember that. That, that went on and for 60 years and then finally came crashing down. I share that because we're about to see here in the Bible, in the book of Job, about two animals that God talks about. It's not about Nessie and the Loch Ness in Scotland, but he does reference a behemoth. And he also references a Leviathan. And we're going to see here in the book of Job how God is answering Job. What's going on here in the book of Job is up until this point, we have had Job has made some pretty bold statements from his friends. And made some bold statements about God. Even kind of accused God of allowing this suffering to come on his life. And then God is going to speak up. He's going to answer Job out of the whirlwind. And we see these questions that Job or any man cannot answer. So, turn in your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 40. Job, chapter 40. And we're going to read first 19 verses. And then we're also going to read several verses out of Job, chapter 41. It says here in verse 1, The Lord answered Job, Will the one who contends 
with the Almighty correct him? Let him who argues with God give an answer. God's saying, hey, Job, you, you want to argue with me? Why don't, um, let, let, let's hear your answer. So here's what Job says. Then Job answered the Lord, I am so insignificant. How can I answer you? I place my hand over my mouth. I have spoken once. I will not reply twice. But now I can add nothing. Job is realizing he cannot do anything. He can't say anything to the Lord. So now here comes the Lord's speech. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Get ready to answer me like a man. When I question you, you will inform me. Would you really challenge my justice? Would you declare me guilty to justify yourself? Do you have an arm like God's? Can you thunder with a voice like His? Adorn yourself with majesty and splendor, and clothe yourself with honor and glory. Pour out your raging ang anger. Look on every proud person and humiliate him. Look on every proud person and humble him. Trample the wicked where they stand. Hide them together in the dust. Imprison them in the grave. Then I will confess to you that your own right hand can deliver you. What's going on here is Job is, God's saying to Job, your, your right hand's not like mine. You're not a God of justice. I understand justice. You certainly don't. You know, I think about justice today. There's such a focus right now on justice in America. And we as believers, as Christians, we want to fight and we stand for justice. We fight for the unborn. We fight for those who are oppressed. We stand for those who are persecuted. We, we want to be a voice for the voiceless. As believers, God expects us to stand in the gap for others. But we also know, while here on earth, there will be injustice until the second coming. Until the Lord comes back again, injustice will be rampant. Now, we're about to be introduced to a new animal. Now, this is not a word we typically use. It says here in verse 15, Look at behemoth, which I made along with you. God is saying, Job, I created you, and I also created the behemoth. He eats grass like cattle. Look at the strength of his back and the power in the muscles of his belly. He stiffens his tail like a cedar tree. The tendons of his thighs are woven firmly together. His bones are bronze tubes. His limbs are like iron rods. He is the foremost, look at this, of God's works. Only his maker can draw the sword against him. So we want to ask, what is the behemoth? What is God talking about? This is a land. This is a creature that lives on the land. I have a picture here. I'll show you here, of a behemoth. It's possibly a hippopotamus. It's possibly even an elephant or a dinosaur. We don't know. I tend, I tend, to, I tend to agree with the idea of a hippopotamus. Hippopotamus are actually very aggressive animals. They actually will attack humans. Um, they go after even crocodiles. So uh, we're going to see here in a little bit of the Leviathan. 
This here is the behemoth, which is the land animal, the hippopotamus, possibly eating the leviathan, which could be a crocodile. So that's a picture of these two animals that the book of Job talks about. And what God is asking, and he's, answer, he's asking the question to Job, he says, I made the behemoth. Where were you? These incredible dinosaurs, these incredible land animals, you didn't create, I created. So Job, who are you to accuse me? Who are you, Christian, to accuse God of being unjust or unfair or not righteous to you? We serve a Lord that does not want us to call him into question of his justice. God is just. It's one of his attributes. Justice is he rules with righteousness. He always makes the right decision. God knows what is best. So if you are here and you're experiencing suffering, there's uncertainty in your life. You rest in God's justice. If you've been a victim, if you've been hurt, if you have been wounded, you know that ultimately all justice won't be fulfilled here on earth. It will be when we stand before God. We know every knee will bow before the Lord. Every tongue will confess Jesus is Savior. Even the most unjust, wicked person will stand before Jesus and give an account for their life. Because God created the behemoth, God created Job. That's what the story, that's the, what we see here, what's being told. Turn to the next chapter, Job chapter 41. First animal is the behemoth. Now we're introduced to a second one, the Leviathan. Verse 1. God says to Job, Can you pull in... A leviathan with a hook? Or tie his tongue down with a rope? Can you put a cord through his nose? Or pierce his jaw with a hook? Will he beg you for mercy? Or speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you? So that you can take him as a slave forever? That word there, covenant, is used. That's an interesting word. Covenant is, a, is something we make with God. It's something that we go into a covenant and this Leviathan, which is a sea creature, a sea monster. It's Nessie the Loch Ness monster. It's an old dinosaur that didn't die out. That's still in existence somewhere. God is saying, I can even make a covenant. I can make agreements and cut deals with the sea creatures. Can you do that? The animals that you are scared to death of, Job, that you are frightened, frightened of, the behemoth, the Leviathan, they fall under my authority. They come under my domain, under my rule. They want to make a covenant with me. Can you do that? Can you play with him like a bird or put him on a leash for your girls? Will traders bargain for him or divide him among the merchants? Can you fill his hide with harpoons or his head with fishing spears? Lay a hand on him. 
you will remember, remember the battle and never repeat it. Meaning, you have a fight with a Leviathan. You have a battle with this creature. I promise you, God is saying, you'll never forget it again. I think what the picture we see here is God is telling us, He's reminding us of His greatness. And the warning that just like Job is experiencing, we never need to doubt God. God is good. God is for you. God wants to help you. God wants to see you through. And He is the Lord even over the Leviathan, the sea monsters. It goes on to say, any hope of capturing him proves false. Does a person not collapse at the very sight of him? No one is ferocious enough to rouse Leviathan. Who can then stand against me? Who confronted me that I should repay him? Everything under heaven belongs to me. God is saying here, people are frightened of the Leviathan. You know, I think about being frightened. I remember going to a haunted house when I was a teenager. I used to go with several friends. We would go there. And the first time I went through this house, it was called the J.C.'s Haunted House in Birmingham, Alabama. The first time I went through it, I was frightened. Probably a young teenager, 12, 13, 14 years old. Didn't know what to expect. You walk through, and it was basically a fundraiser. And we walk out. You spend your four or five bucks to go through. Take several minutes, and you'd have a great, great scare, good time. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't too gruesome, but it was just more of all of a sudden you walk around a dark corner, and there's something ready to fr uh, frighten you. But as, as every year, I'd then be 15, 16, 17, and I went again. And they changed up a few of the things at the haunted house. But once you've already been through it, and you go through it a second time, each time the J.C.'s haunted house was less scary. So by the time you're there through the haunted house number three or four, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to make this turn and this is going to happen or this is going to fall. The fear, the shock, it's no longer there. Well, what we have here, God is making a statement. He says, can you, can you stand? Do you not collapse in verse 9 when you see a Leviathan? You're out in the ocean. You're out on the sea. And all of a sudden, this creature appears, and it's frightful, and it's, it's fearful to you. The first time we go through something, it's a frightening experience. And that's part of life. You've been through it. You know what to expect. But obviously, God, who created the Leviathan, who speaks in the Leviathan, obeys him, he is not fearful of sea monsters. The animals, the great animals, do not fear him. And in verse 11, it says here, last verse I want to read. Who confronted me that I should repay him? Everything under heaven belongs to me. God is speaking to Job, reminding him that all authority... 
everything comes under, jo- under God's reign and God's rule. Turn in your Bible to the book of Isaiah. As we talk about the, think about the Leviathan, the Leviathan is described as a, a sea serpent. Isaiah talks about, there's actually four different passages in the Bible, also in Psalms it mentions the Leviathan. We don't know quite what this animal is, but look what it says right here. Isaiah 27, verse 1. On that day, the Lord, with his relentless, large, strong sword, will bring judgment on Leviathan. The fleeing serpent, almost a reference here to the devil. He's fleeing. He's a serpent. Leviathan, the twisting serpent, he will slay the monster that is in the sea. God will defeat the devil. God will slay the, the, the Leviathan. God wins over evil. And what's powerful about this is he is described here in Isaiah 27 is this fearful monster that people are frightened of. But the Lord is always going to have the victory. I have a picture here of, um, of possibly a Leviathan, of what it might look like. You know, this is obviously a well. Now, we don't know what a Leviathan is. The Leviathan could be a dinosaur, uh, old, a d- dinosaur in the sea, could be a crocodile. I was kind of taught it was a crocodile, but if you read the description there in Job 41 about the Leviathan, it's something, uh, it seems something much more uh, aggressive, fearful than a crocodile. Um, a great white shark, folks have possibly suggested, or a, a massive, massive well. If you look at this picture here of the sea monster over the ship, now this is obviously since the Leviathan is not a real animal, old-timey ship, and then it looks like the Mayflower there, and then you have a huge well. So like you're out there on the ocean, and you have no idea what's under you. Maybe it's, slow, it's slightly broken the surface, but you don't know. And I think the story what God wants us to know in our life is that whether it's a behemoth, whether it's a leviathan, we trust, we fall, we surrender to the Lord. He created in the six days every single thing here. He created the dinosaurs. He created the birds of the air, all the land creatures, and everything under the sea. And the, the hope for us, what, jo, what, what God is trying to teach Job, and what I want you to get from, this, from today, is how the Lord answered Job, is if God can take care of these animals, these frightful, fearful animals, in many ways these mythical animals even, that might not even exist, that exist in our minds, He can take care of you. If He feeds the birds of the air, why? If he can, if Sparrow doesn't even know, if, he, if Sparrow doesn't miss a day of food, he supplies and meets your needs. Do you trust the Lord? Have you surrendered to him? Whatever your fear, whatever fright you have, have you given it to God? I invite you tonight to trust the Lord.
Jesus Christ is calling you. Christ is saying, I want my people to be dependent upon me. There is so much fear today. There's so much uncertainty. I think today if he came along, if God was saying these verses, back in Bible times for people obviously, you have to remember a lot of times shepherds, they'd be out in the wilderness. Merchants, sea traders, they'd just be on the ships, very isolated, alone. I think today people would be, God would be speaking to us saying, do you trust me with your democracy? Do you trust me with your government? Do you trust me with your country? Do Americans, are they ready to turn to the Lord? God is asking you, just like 2,000 years ago, he asked Job, said, do you trust me in your country? And I'm asking you tonight, today, if you will trust the Lord. I give everybody opportunity to respond to the gospel. Jesus Christ is calling you to trust him. The way you can do that is you can pray and receive Jesus. You used to say this prayer along with me. Jesus, I call out to you. I trust you. I respond. And you answer. Thank you for saving me. Forgive me. Lord, I'm yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to hear from you. If you prayed and received Jesus, if you're ready to take next steps in your faith, if you're ready to turn from living from yourself, living from fear, to all of a sudden living for the Lord, reach out to me. Let me know how I can pray for you. Let me know how I can encourage you in our church here, taking those next steps in faith in Jesus Christ. God bless you. We are going through the book of Job. God responded to Job, asking those questions, where were you when I, when I created the behemoth? Where were you when I created the Leviathan? How we answer that question shows our perspective and our relation to the Lord. God bless you. I will see you in two weeks. Next week. Zach Bauer will be preaching our evening service here. I know you'll get a great blessing from him. It'll be a powerful service. God certainly have a great message. And we'll be wrapping up the book of Job in Job chapter 42. God bless you. I will see you in two weeks.